0: That Sober Guy podcast contains adult content, merciless truth, and emotional nudity. Listener discretion is advised.
1: What's up welcome to sober guy radio i got my boy seth manser back in action tonight seth what's up man how are you as you take a sip of coffee i'm good i'm good how are you i'm doing well i'm doing well it's really good to have you back i want to get on one of those episodes where i can kind of let loose a little bit and shoot the shit with a good homie of mine so i'm really glad that you're here tonight
2: yeah, I've been looking forward to this, man. You know, like I always say, man, it's always it's always fun to come on and of course, you know, with the just seeing the show grow, man, where where it started and where it's at now, man, it's, you know, it's it's a it's an honor. I appreciate it, man. You've been a big part of it since the
1: start. And actually, let's uh let's talk about that in just a second, but first a word from our sponsor.
0: At Foundations Recovery Network. Our mission is to create lifetime relationships for long-term recovery. In our history of doing good, is the promise of your future getting better? So if you or someone you love needs help, please know we are here to help. And the sign on our door says, we care. We create an individualized treatment plan for the whole person, for the whole you, because to us, you matter. The first step to recovery is heroic, we know that. And with our heroes in recovery movement, we honor those who have taken that step Toward recovery and stand up for you and stand beside you and stand together to break the stigma placed on addiction. Call our confidential and private line at 877 714 1318. We are here to help you. And help has a phone number 877 714 1318. Make the call. We're listening. We're Foundations Recovery Network.
1: Also, Seth, have you seen I Am Sober? The I Am Sober app. You, and, you and I talked a little bit about it, and you said you did check it out.
2: Yeah, I did check it out today, and of course, you know, I went to go uh, download it, and I, I for some reason I forgot my password on my phone, <laughs> so I gotta, I gotta go back. But yeah, the the I Am Sober app, it looks, uh, it looks legit, and uh, I'm actually excited to uh, put that into my little portfolio.
1: Yeah, it's nice, man. It's nice. I I use it, and uh, I get the daily notifications every day. The team over at I Am Sober is pretty cool, too. So I Am Sober is a motivational companion app for tracking your sobriety. Along with tracking your sobriety, it helps you reach key milestones like seven days or one month and sends you daily motivations along the way. You can also combine your stats with sober clubs and meet fellow sobriety seekers you can find it on the App Store, Google Play, or you can visit IamSoberApp.com. And while we're talking about it, let's see where I'm at today. So, Seth, as of today, I estimated my amount at $15 a day. I've saved $14,910. My ding, God. Ding, 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 Too bad yeah. I don't have any of that money. <laughs> that would be nice.
2: Yeah. My God, that's crazy. Two years, fourteen grand. Yeah,
1: wow. for almost fifteen grand. Two years, eight months, and twenty-one days. I've never been a big um, fan of keeping stats. I guess on a day, on a day, a daily tip, uh, a monthly tip, I guess a yearly tip. You know, definitely celebrated the year, the the, the two year. Uh, but it's kind of fun. I got to admit. I yeah, for do. sure, for sure. A um, couple more things. Become a member of Sober Guy community. Go to thatsoberguy.com. You can download the six quick tips to quit drinking. Not a magical guide that's going to save your ass by any means, but just some quick tips to help you get started if you're contemplating giving the booze the boot. Also, check out the private Facebook group, Sober Guy, Sober Girl. A lot of good support and accountability in there. One more thing. Let's do the iTunes review of the week. So this is actually not an itunes review of the week but it is an itunes review and it's from one of our good friends omar from the share podcast it's titled hp baby and for those of you who listen to the share podcast you know what that's about omar says sharing helps addicts in recovery the more we allow ourselves the opportunity to be vulnerable the easier it is to recover from this deadly disease great show bro Omar, thank you, sir. That's back from Sep that's back from 2015 September 2nd. And uh always love to give a shout out to the boy. I know Seth you're a fan of the Share podcast. You've actually been a guest on on the show. Have you talked to Omar lately?
2: You know I haven't. So uh Omar, if you're listening to this, HP baby still going strong. Oh, yeah. Um, I miss you, man. I you know, of course I you know I I keep the Share podcast in my uh weekly recovery. And, uh, I I listen to that on a regular. So, uh, there's a little plug for the share podcast with Omar Pinto
1: HP, baby HP, son. I love it. Yeah. Omar's a cool cat. Thanks again, man, for the review. Also folks, leave a iTunes review yourself. And, uh, we like to review them weekly on here, see what's going down, get some feedback and, uh, love that stuff. So, Back to the show, Seth. What were we talking about? I completely forgot because I'm having so much damn fun right now, I have to say.
2: You know, I'm I'm kind of drawing a blank too, but I think um you know one one of the things we wanted to uh, focus on as we were as we were discussing um, uh, you know, kind of kind of where our, our recovery has taken us. Um, you know, I think we talked about going back five years and and you know, I think about five years ago, man. I think I was just stepping out of Azure Acres like fresh off of the, uh, off the tip. So, mm-hmm. um, it was that whole, you know, you describe it pretty well trying to find yourself and, uh, you know, it's, yeah. it's kind of have a flashbacks to that. So I think that's one of the points we wanted to talk about. We need to go
1: back to Azure. Uh, I don't, I know I haven't been back. I'm not sure about you. I don't think you've been back.
2: No, I haven't been back since, uh, since you left there. So, um, yeah, and you know it's so funny, man. We always say, you know, we always get caught up in the rat race of life and say, yeah, we need yeah. to go back to Azure. We need to go back to Azure. But yeah, um, we've been saying it for a year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we have actually, and it's just, I, I think it's one of those things schedule. that we, I think it's, yeah, we just got to do it rather than try and schedule it. You know what I mean? So, so
1: let's uh, let's get into that a little bit. Where were you at five years ago, and uh, why don't you take a couple of minutes and and talk about uh, without getting ahead of ourselves you go first talk about where you were five years ago or maybe six years ago for you because you you actually have a little bit more time than I do um and then when you're finished I'll go
2: you know for for those that haven't heard me on the show so six years ago I was I was that guy that was um you know drinking a 30-pack a, a day well I, I shouldn't say a day maybe every two days I was drinking 30-pack of Budweiser um you know full-on, full-on alcoholic, Jim Beam, um, doing a shit, shit ton of blow and, and you know, just, just straight up alcoholic addict. Um, uh, you know, it, it, finally brought me to my knees October 7th of 2010. Well, actually it, it brought me to my knees probably a couple of days prior to that, you know, and I went, went to my mom's and, and finally, finally decided that I needed, needed some help. But, You know, it's kind of, it's, it's so funny, man, that six years ago, it's, it it seems so far, far away, but you know, it's one of those things that I still have to focus on, um, so that I don't, so that I don't go back to where I was.
1: So talk, so talk about that a little bit then, like the next to the booze, the drugs, uh, that, that kind of party lifestyle that I don't, I don't really care lifestyle. What was going on that you just didn't want to feel?
2: Well, so yeah, I mean, I, that that was definitely that. That's just it, you know what I mean? I, I I I was an isolator, and I didn't want to feel. That's why. That's why I drank. Um, I didn't want to deal with life on life's terms, you know what I mean? So that's definitely where I was at. You know, I I wanted to uh, drown my sorrows, um, drown my happiness, pretty much drown everything in, in the bottle or in a drug. You know, so does that make any sense?
1: Yeah, no, no. It makes it makes sense. It's just stepping out of our reality, numbing any anything that we have to face head on. I guess um, I I had a lot of similar feelings. Um, if I go back a little bit, uh, for me, especially in that last year, it was um, it was really to a point where I didn't know how to feel. I don't think <laughs> I just I, I just wanted to be numb to everything and kind of daydream. I've heard that lately. I think um, Jack Canfield talked a bit about it uh, in the Thirty Day Sobriety Solution and on the podcast about um, the the alcoholic dreamer. There's a term for it. I can't remember what it is right now, but I used to be a big part of that. And I don't know if you experienced this, but for me, it was sitting out in in my chair on my uh, driveway. You know, or in the garage, and uh, and drinking and getting high and daydreaming about all of the things that I was going to do and all of the things that I was going to accomplish and I was I was going to be this person and um but taking no action at the same time like there was no action behind it it was complete like it was complete like madness and there's nothing wrong with daydreaming I think um or or dreaming or having aspirations but this is this is much different than that this was literally um, being high and being drunk and, and, um, a lot of finger pointing too, you know, um, talking about why I wasn't in certain places, why I wasn't in, in the spot and all along the booze and the drugs are going right along to kind of feel this attitude. So a lot of negativity, a lot of, um, a lot of self doubt. And in order to deal with that self doubt, Um, I covered it up by trying to act like I was confident, if that makes sense, or act like I had it all together when really it was like this scared, sick little boy, like living inside of me.
2: You know what I mean? Is that? Oh oh, no. Yeah, dude. That's so true. You know, like that, I, that so resonates with me too. I was just thinking to myself, like, you know, I was building up this facade so that people wouldn't see, see the true Seth, see what, what I was really feeling or, what I didn't want to feel, are my true emotions, man—they were more into the "Oh yeah, Seth—he's a fucking party boy," or yeah. "He's out of his mind again." That's just <laughs> Seth, you know what I mean? But it was that was the facade that I wanted wanted everyone to know that I was I was okay, and I, I was showing everyone that I was okay because I was able to let loose and party, yeah. which is which is complete asinine, right?
1: Yeah, it is. It's madness, man. It's madness, and I think it I think it fuels our egos, you know, or it fueled our egos and our um, your, your quote unquote reputation or whatever it is for, for, uh, yourself, you know, made you feel good. Um, unfortunately though, towards the end, you know, like, like I was, I was kind of talking about that last year, man, it was beyond that because partying really wasn't even fun anymore. When I went to parties, I didn't want to do drugs with anyone cause I wanted to do them all myself. Yeah um and that that became real evident in the last the last year because i would rather rather than go to a party where friends were around and have fun and have some drinks i would much rather go back home in my garage or my room and and just isolate and do everything by myself the last year at least you know and so it accelerated really really fast the state of mind man and that that's like so let's talk about this man cuz we We get into this sometimes, and I I think that it should be talked about more. The fact that, or not just the alcohol, not just the drugs, not just, um, you know, substances trying to numb our feelings, all those those things that we use. Even, it could be food, it could be sex, it could be any addictions that a lot of people struggle from. Um, The fact is, is that we're trying to cover other stuff up. So how do we deal with situations, maybe they're past situations from our childhood, maybe they're present ones that are going on in our lives right now. And here's where I'm going with this, Seth, is that you've had a couple situations recently, man, that have been, um, that have been tough, tough to deal with. Um, you've, you've actually been through one of them before, and now it's come up again. Um, I don't know if you want to talk about them right now. But I think that it's a great time to, even though it's hard to talk about sometimes. I think that there's a ton of other people out there uh, that may be listening to this that are going through similar situations or have gone through situations where they're faced with a battle. And for, for us, man, I know for me, one of my biggest fears is having to face something like you've had to face recently, and drinking about it. So how how are you dealing with it? Maybe talk a little bit about it first and then get into how you're dealing with it.
2: Yeah, no, and I I, I think it's it, it, it's helpful for me to talk about it. Um, you know, for sure, but you know, my biggest hope is that someone out there listening may be going through kind of the same same stuff in life, you know what I mean? It, it's so funny, man. It's just So basically, um the last couple of weeks, actually month, uh, month and a half has been been a little rough on the family you know we had a we had a, a unexpected death my grandfather um who was healthier than probably me you know um <laughs> fell eddie. down eddie eddie um eddie. fell down and, and hit his head and um he he, he succumbed to his injuries and a up passing. um So that, that was, that was one instance that was, you know, really hard to deal with it. And I'll get kind of into how I dealt with that. And then, you know, shortly thereafter, maybe a week after, um, Eddie's funeral, um, my mom, my mom was diagnosed with, uh, ovarian cancer, you know, and this was, this was her second, her second battle, um, or the start of her second battle with cancer. So, um... Going back to, going back to Eddie's, Eddie's death. I know that, you know, in the past before I, I found, um, sobriety and the, and, and this new way of life, I was, I was, uh, there was a couple instances I was faced with death and, you know, I just, I, I wasn't present. You know, I, I, yeah. I isolated, maybe I went to the funeral, maybe I didn't. Um, but this time, you know, I was present. I gotta be, I gotta go to the hospital, um, and kind of, you know, sit there, sit there with Eddie on his last couple of days. Um, and, and most importantly, I got to be there for my stepfather, Jay, yeah. you know, which, which was huge to me. Um, so that's, that's kind of, kind of how I, how I dealt with that, you know, and it, it's, it just goes to show, man, that, you know, once you get sober, um, you're, your life, yes, it changes, but life still happens. You know what I mean. We're still faced with deaths. Uh, we're still faced with 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 bad news. You know, struggles. Yeah. Um.
1: Well, life life still happens, and man, it, it. Why does it always seem like that? That God just throws things at us all at once. Sometimes, you know. What I mean, what you get two two things like that, and. I mean, how would have you dealt with that six, seven years ago? You know, or I guess you probably wouldn't have
2: dealt with. it. Yeah, I, I, I would have. I would have. Um, I would have isolated. Like I said, I probably wouldn't have gone to the funeral. You know. You know what's so crazy? I was telling. Um, I was telling Jay, my stepdad, that you know the although the passing of Eddie was horrible, you know it was totally unexpected. Um, my higher power kind of talked to me, and then it, and, and it brought me close to to a couple um, cousins that I had. Ruined relationships with you know what I mean and, and it it kind of put me face to face with them and I had to um make amends with one of them you know and and it, we didn't go too deep into into what what our issues were before but I told him I was like you know what has happened is in the past is in the past you know what I mean and and I I think that moving forward you know Eddie um, would want us to have a relationship now and we've actually kind of started the um, putting those building blocks in place to, yeah. to have a relationship. Um, you know, we haven't, we haven't had the opportunity to meet up since then, but you know, we text, um, we were, we're both huge Raider fans, you know? So, we, you know, during the draft and, and the whole free agency thing, we were able to text and get excited about something that we used to get so excited about. So that, uh, that's, that's been really, that's been a really neat man. Like, like, I get the chills right now just thinking about it. Yeah, no,
1: and it's cool to be able to to bring a positive out in something that you know is hard and sad. You know what I'm saying? And um I don't think that in the state of mind that we used to be in, we would be able to do that. You know, or we wouldn't even think about it, I guess.
2: Yeah, no, that's so true and it, you know the the other thing that it's that was so um so liberating about the whole the whole uh passing of eddie is that i i finally got a feel you know what i mean like i i got a I i had the opportunity to be sad and i cried yeah you know and um it felt it felt good like i felt i felt like they were genuine feelings and i felt um i felt human again you know back in the in the past like i would have drowned that shit with booze yeah or, or or gone to the next drug but i tell you what man um I would take, I would take the cry and the feelings and the emotions over the booze any day nowadays, now, now knowing what it really feels like, feels like to feel.
1: Yeah. it's pretty, uh, pretty wild thing to feel that emotion back, you know, in your heart, in your soul.
2: Yes. I mean, especially when you, you know, you live a life, um, for me, it was, I don't know, 16, 17 years of, of drowning, uh, any emotion that I had, whether it be happy, sad, mad, glad, or just indifferent, you know what I mean? So yeah. to, to get to feel again, man, and, and I have to, I've talked about that on, on prior podcasts, man, is that that's, that's my biggest uh, happiness nowadays is that I get to feel whether it be happy, sad, mad, glad, or indifferent, yeah. you know what I mean? It's it, it's It's pretty amazing. So I think that, I don't
1: think actually I know that, all of us know somebody who has has, has either fought cancer, um, lost somebody to cancer, has battled it themselves. Um, you know, like you said, you've you've been through it. Now this is the second time with with your mom. Um, how are you kind of dealing with that? And I, I would I would really I'd really like to hear from you on what advice you would have for anybody out there who might be going through something similar with a loved one.
2: You know, this is this is the second battle with my mom. Um, that she that she's she's you know straight up in the thick of it right now, getting ready to start chemo soon. Um, you know, but it's it, it's my first time around because mm. the the first time that she's when she had breast cancer, I um, again was isolated and and was non-existent. You know what I mean? So um, naturally, with this time around, there's been a lot. There was a lot of guilt there you know and she she knows that i feel i feel guilty for the for the first time and and she told me you know that's in the past you know and and, and hearing that from her um means a lot so it's really it's what it's done to me this time is it, it's made me more conscious of you know calling my mom and asking her how she's doing yeah or or you know having that closer relationship with my mom and and you know the it, it the whole thing hurts um, it's, it's, I want to have that why me, um, attitude, but again, I think it's, I, th- I think that my higher power is telling me, you know, we're not going to be on this world forever. You need to form a, a stronger relationship with your mom. Yeah. So that's kind of how I've turned that, um, that whole thing around is that, you know, I need to um be there for my mom whether it be call her and ask her how she's doing or just stop by unannounced i'm sure yeah. <laughs> i'm sure she probably didn't uh, appreciate that last time i did it but um you know i did it and it felt good and yeah. and i didn't i didn't have to uh struggle with the guilt like you know thinking that i need to go go see my mom and not see her and you know that that yeah. in the past built a lot of guilt so um just be just being present man and, and um educating myself on, on the whole process of um the, the cancer fight, and then, um, you know, just kind of just being there, just being yeah, present. Just being
1: present, huh?
2: Well, I know, I know,
1: uh, Jess and I have been praying, man, for Kim and, uh, for you and for Mel and for Jay and for Aaron, you know, for your whole family, man. Um, I know it's one of those things that, uh, is not easy to deal with. And, uh, the good, good news is, man, you're sober and you got a ton of support, and so does, uh, so does Jay and, and Kim, man. So that's, that's, uh, definitely a good thing. I'm going to open up a little bit and get a little vulnerable here myself now, if you don't mind. Um, so I think I mentioned this earlier, one of my biggest fears, like deep, like I have nightmares about this, bro. And I I don't talk about it often, um, is that something bad is going to happen and I'm going to end up fucking losing it, like losing my mind and just going off the deep end. I don't know why that fear is there. I think the only person I've, I've actually talked to Jess a little bit about it because it, it bothers me. And I think, I think the more attention I give to it too, the worse it gets. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not, it's not to a point where it's, it's consumed me, you know, but I guess I'm searching for a little answer, you know, in myself on, on how I can start to deal with this. And, and the reason it comes up now again is just hearing, you know, you're what you're going through and, and those types of things. And it's so cool for me to know that, you know, you're able to handle it the best way that you can and that you're not turning, you know, to back to the bottle or back to that old, you know, those old ways to deal with this stuff. So that's definitely encouraging. I mean, obviously, I have a great support group, too. I have a great family. I have great friends. I have this awesome community of people based around, um, you know, a sober guy. But. All that said, there's still that little switch in the back of my mind that just like just freaks me out sometimes. Am I making sense right now?
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I and, and I'm just going to interject real quick. You know, not not to be blunt, but I think that um, you know it's it's human nature, and I think that you know if if, if you stress on um, if something were to hap- something bad were to happen, if you were given some bad news one day, and and what would you do about it? And I think that I know that what um, you know a lot of things that went through my head was like I'm going to go fucking drink about it. You know what right. I mean? And, and and having that thought uh, you're setting yourself up for failure. You know, this yeah. this time around, man, I, I I already know, I already know what drinking about it does to me. The future on the on the drinking tip on on dealing dealing with things by drinking or drowning the sorrows and And whatever your addiction may be, I think that that story's already been told. And, you know, in that sense, you get to be the fortune teller. You already know the outcome. Yeah. Um, Well, I've played that, like you you were saying, thinking about those,
1: those things or that bad situation. Maybe it's a death. Maybe it's a, you know, someone gets hurt. Maybe it's a disease. Whatever it is. Could be any number of things. And then asking yourself, or I ask myself, how would I handle that? Like, I can't... I can't count how many times this has came up. Um, And for some reason recently, like how would I handle that? And the first thing I think of is like, I would want to just fucking just go off the deep end. And I don't know why. I I mean, the good news is, is that I'm talking about it, I guess, because I haven't really talked about it much other than to Jess. It's one of those tricky things that tells me it's not a big deal. Like, oh, it's not a big deal. You're tripping on it. You're giving it more attention than it deserves. Just just push it aside. You know what to do, you know, and and handle it. And at the same time, I start to, you know, as the more that it's came up lately, that's why I'm so glad we're talking about it right now. And I'm sure there's other people out there who have similar things going on. And that kind of reassures me, too, that, like, just like the olden days, I'm not the only one going through some of this shit. Um I totally lost my train of thought, but I'm glad I'm talking about it.
2: No, I'm glad you are too. And I think it's important, man, when those situations do come up, I mean, you know, you could beat yourself up about the what ifs, you know, till you're blue in the face, but I mean, that's not going to do you any good. So let's just talk about when that situation does come up. I mean, you and your sober mind, I know that me and my sober mind, you know, I went right off of uh, instinct or intuition or whatever you want to call it, and The voice went off in my head was show up, you know, when, when Eddie was in the hospital, fucking leave work and go to the hospital. And then once you get to the hospital, you'll deal with being at the hospital. You know, it it was just kind of do the next right thing. Yeah. You know, so, um, I think, I think that you will, you'll actually, I was actually surprised, um, by, by what the thoughts in my head were, you know, like I said, it, it was Seth, you need to be at the hospital. So I went to the hospital, Seth, you need to hug Jay. So I hugged Jay huh. and it's so crazy, man, like just listening to myself now and doing that, doing those things, the, how it made me feel. And it, I think it was a lot easier to deal with, um, than, than isolating and drinking about it or drugging about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I, it, I was actually, I was really, I was really surprised. And that's not to say that, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't hurt or it wasn't hard Um, because it was, you know, but let's talk about work-life balance. What does that look like for us? Work-life
1: balance. Um, I'm not sure that I have that one down. (laughs) I could, uh, I feel like these days I'm off in space sometimes and Jess will probably reassure my ass on that one real quick when she hears this, but there's a difference between being somewhere physically and being there, you know, mentally and emotionally too. And man, sometimes dude, my mind is just like off to the races on other stuff. Do you, do you deal with that too?
2: Yeah, it's, 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 I'm working on it, but it's, it's really hard being in the prison. Um, yeah. You know, it's so funny, man. Cause you, you got to remember we're holics, right? So, mm-hmm. so we do whatever we're going to do to the fullest and, and, um, pedal to the metal, baby. Pedal to the metal. Balls of the wall, right? <laughs> so, um, I've actually kind of, kind of taken a step back, and and you know, with a lot of help from from our uh, couples counselor, me and me and Mel were able to, um, kind of find some balance. You know, I I know I know for me, I was um, there was a time there that I was, I was working twelve hour days, and then I was going to fucking school at night, and there was no time for Mel at home. You know, and I've actually. Um, I was going to school for all the wrong reasons. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was, it was, it was to recoup some of that VA money that, that, uh, <laughs> that I had come my way. It wasn't, it wasn't to, uh, better myself. And I, and I, I realized huh. that, you know what I mean? Um, I never knew that. That's,
1: yeah. uh, that's, I mean, that's cool that you could admit that it's probably not a, you know, at first it's not an easy thing when you. You don't even really realize it probably till afterwards, I would imagine.
2: Well, and of course, you know, when I was going to school, that's not the reason I was going to school. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and deep down inside, I knew that was the reason, but on the surface, you know, I got really defensive about that. Um, Yeah. So, so realizing that, um, you know, I kind of brought that to the surface and was like, what the fuck am I doing? I'm missing out um, on the stuff at home for for my own for my own benefit which is you know going back to the to the selfish alcoholic way yeah you know um but man and, and this is not to say that everything is fucking perfect now but things are a whole hell of a lot better than i'm able to go to work and be at work and when i'm at work i'm at work i'm i'm there you know and then, and then when i come home you know we get to have our little uh at work discussion. And then after that I'm home, I'm, I'm, I'm with Mel or I'm, I'm, I'm with the, the dogs or I'm with the weeds that I'm pulling. You know what I mean? I've really, I've really been able to, uh, put myself in, in the present,
1: man. So you've, you've been doing some work then, man. That's awesome to hear because I know, man, just, you know, a few months back, man, you were working like crazy, man. You were working a lot. And uh, I think you even told me you were working just because it was easier just to go to work. I mean, obviously the money is one thing. That's kind of, I mean, that's that's the obvious right there. You got bills to pay, you know, you're hustling, you're working hard trying to make extra money. But at the same time, it's um, I think for men, it's easy for us to work um, to get out of things we don't want to deal with at the home life, whether it's our kids, our wives, um, you know, just domestic shit i guess
2: yeah absolutely it's it's the way of the dry drunk man that was the yeah. way that i didn't want to deal I, I don't have the booze anymore i can't drink anymore right so i didn't want to deal with what was going on at home so fuck it i'll just go to work man yeah. you know what i mean and it, and, it, and it will be all good right well in the end it it really wasn't because i was missing out on so much and it, you know i still work my ass off yeah but um yeah. You know, it sounds I,
1: like you found some good balance, though.
2: Yeah, wow. I've, I've, I've been able to, um, you know, not work every weekend and not feel guilty about it. You know what I mean? So, you know, it, it, it's so funny, man, because it's, it's always a work in progress. You know what I mean? I'm sure I'm going to have to work on the, the same exact thing next week. You know, it's not like I have this shit down. Um, but I, I know I know I know the way to it, which is which is pretty exciting.
1: No, it is, and that's a that's a good point. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, Christian, good homie of ours, has been on the show before as well. I, I can't quite remember what episode, probably 15, 20 episodes ago. Um, he was going to join us tonight. Unfortunately, couldn't make it, but I had a conversation with him earlier, and he kind of said something similar to that. I had a little incident with my daughter tonight. I kind of kind of flew off the handle a little bit with her and got frustrated, and, start, and I acted out on emotion instead of, Um, instead of thinking, you know, and I I let my emotions get the best of me and I got, I got angry and then I felt bad afterwards. You know, Uh, it's not the first time this has happened. Um, I'd like to say that it's going to be the last, but dude, shit happens sometimes. and, And what I'm getting at here is just what you said. We're not perfect. This thing is a struggle. It's a journey. It's a daily learning process. And if we don't stay plugged into it, Um, and we don't stay working on it and talking about it, then, you know, there's a good chance that we're not going to grow, that we're not going to learn from our mistakes and we're going to continue to repeat them over and over. And that's when shit can get hairy. And, uh, when back to Christian, you know, he told me that earlier tonight, he said, dude, like I, I do the same thing, dude, I I've done the same thing. I, I do it. It's normal stuff. Like, don't beat yourself up over it. You and I both know, man. I think yeah. I think you're like this, too. We're probably the hardest people on ourselves more than anybody. Like, I am harder on myself than anybody can be on me. And so when I make these little things, I'm like, man, I, I tend to beat myself up. And then I start getting upset. And, uh, man, it was good to to have that reminder earlier. Like, dude, we're not perfect. And so the the, the good news is, back to looking at things on a positive tip, is that we see the positive in it. Look, you, you made a stupid decision. You got out of line a little bit. You apologized. You talked to, you know, I talked to Lucy about it and I'm going to try my damnedest to make a different choice next time. You know, when, um, when shit gets hairy like that, you know,
2: you know, and you know what the whole cool thing about it is, man, is, is having that ability to admit when you're wrong. You -hmm. know what I mean? And and to be able to say that out loud, um, it's, it's i guess it, it goes along with being humble right yeah you know what i mean yeah. and it's
1: especially for a man dude it's not an easy thing to do all the time
2: yeah you know and i, I mean that there was a, a a conversation that i was having with mel tonight and she's gonna she's gonna hear this she's like i didn't realize you were fucking feeling like that you know what i mean <laughs> but there, there were certain feelings that i were i was having about um uh, a little camping trip that we're trying to plan you know what i mean and And inside of me, because I wasn't getting my way, it was like, oh well, fuck it. Then we won't even go. Yeah. Um. But then, you know, on the drive over here, I was like, God, I was so fucking wrong. You know, I wasn't. I wasn't listening. I wasn't taking the whole picture in. Um. You know, her father is going to retire. Um, so there's gonna be a retirement party planned on that same week, and then we're gonna go camping. You know what got I mean? It, I was like, it, oh yeah. well, fuck it. Then then there's no sense in going for one day. Yeah. But now it's like, no, nah, we're gonna go for one day, and then we're gonna come home. We're gonna do the retirement thing because we're gonna be. We're it goes back to being present. Yeah. You know what I mean, and being there, and and not allowing that guilt to go, um, to, to well, build up. So I, so you know, what's even more cool about that, getting back to the admitting when I'm wrong, is that I get to go home and talk to her about it you know so so even before that she gets to hear any of this um before this goes live or whatever um i get it i get to go talk to her about it now I, I would have never yeah. done that
1: yeah it's not not an easy thing not an easy thing to do but uh when we do it
2: man it feels good yeah it's it's <laughs> it's liberating
1: well and let's so let, let's kind of transition into this now because i think going back to the earlier the earlier couple of sentences regarding Christian and, and regarding you and I talking about, you know, you telling me, Hey man, we're not perfect. I've had some, some, um some emails, some, some comments on what are some things that, that guys can do to kind of stay connected and build support groups. And man, it's been so huge and so important to be, um, to be around other men, whether it's in, and this goes for, for the ladies too. Um, I, you know, men's groups, ladies groups, you know, whatever it is, it's important for us to, to kind of be able to learn from each other. And um, so here's some of the things that, that I'm doing right now. Obviously I have the, the, the show. I mean, that's a huge part of, of my recovery. Um, I have a men's group on, on Wednesday nights with the church that is, it's, it's pretty, it's a pretty amazing group of dudes. And, um, you know, we get into some, some things about faith and about God and in and the Bible and, and we do some other things that are just cool, go on hikes and build that camaraderie and have, have a, um, a support network, I guess. I mean, it's, it's so important and not, not only just for people in recovery, just in general, just in general, to have the, those types of outlets to, um, you know, to kind of talk about, and then of course our friends, you know, um, Seth, you know, you and I talk, and it, you know the the great thing about you know a friendship like ours is we don't have to talk every day. We could talk every day, but we don't have to. I could call you two weeks, you know, or vice versa, and it'll be just like I talked to you an hour ago, and I can say, hey, look, this is what's going on. This is kind of how I'm feeling, man. What do you think? And you can do the same the same thing, I mean, dude, that's, it's so important for us as men to have those, those types of, of, um, of relationships and support, you know?
2: Yeah. And I I think too, that, you know, as long as I stay open and honest, you know, and, and have that ability to talk to whoever about whatever is on my mind, um, whether it be a support group or, or the stranger at the grocery store, you know what I mean? Um, open and honesty is, is the biggest thing, you know, for me right now.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: I am um, another thing too. I don't know if this is something you'd be interested in. I'm curious to see. I've had a couple couple emails about it about mastermind groups and I do a mastermind group on Monday nights. And it's funny how um, this was a general group about business, about being a better dad. It's with, uh, it's with my buddy Larry from the good dad project, which is an awesome community. Uh, for those of you who's been on the show, I've definitely checked that, check that out. Um, I had some, some, some thoughts about a mastermind group for sobriety, you know, some accountability. Um, and I don't know if, I don't know if that's something that anyone would be interested in. Um, actually, I take that back. I do know that there are a couple of people because they've reached out to me. But if you are interested in that, definitely leave us a comment or shoot us an email. Uh, Seth, what do you know about mastermind groups? Are you familiar with them at all?
2: So I, I just got um, introduced to them through, from you, You know the last couple of podcasts with that Aaron? you've done. Yeah. And I think that, yeah, with Aaron, um, I think they sound amazing you know, I think the whole, the whole unbiased opinion of, of, or training or whatever you want to call it, um, would be helpful for anybody. And, you know, it's something that I would definitely be down. Um, because I, I, am still that type of guy that needs to be told, no, you're you're being fucking stupid or yeah, that's a great (laughs) idea. You know what I mean? Um, so I think, I think that yeah, un- I think it'd be great, but yeah, so getting back to, you know, the groups and the mastermind groups, you know, it's it's definitely, and support groups, I think it's all, they're all definitely a, a, a strong building block of, of maintaining sobriety, Is because that's where I'm at now, is maintaining yeah. my sobriety. Well, and
1: the hard thing is, though, too, is that we all have busy schedules, we all have things to do, you know, we have, we have our professional lives, we have our... Lives as fathers, we have our lives as husbands. We have all these different hats that we wear, um, and so it really takes effort. Like we don't just we don't just stay sober and not put any work in. Just because we don't drink doesn't mean that everything goes away. I remember thinking that the first time I tried to get sober. <laughs> I think I've talked about this a little bit before. I quit for like it was like twenty days or something, right? And I remember going to Jess and I was like, dude, I'm not drinking. And like all this shit's still happening. Like, dude, this is, this is bullshit, man. Like drinking's not my problem. Okay. Like nothing's changed. (laughs) It's it's so funny when I think back because it's not the drinking, man. It's me, you know, it's back to that personal responsibility stuff. So we really got to work the pro we got to work a program. We got to work a recovery, whatever it is that we're doing. There's all types of different outlets out there. All right man, well I think I think we're going to wrap this up here man. It was great talking tonight. Let's uh let's jump into this heart and hustle round real quick. I'm excited uh I'm excited to hear your answers on this. So what this is is you want to put your heart into each answer but hustle it up in 30 seconds or less. Does that sound good?
2: Yeah, let's get my hustle on. Oh shit cuz. <laughs> get my hustle
1: on cuz. All right, number 1. And my favorite, number one. Where is the weirdest place you have ever thrown up, and where is the weirdest place you have ever
2: woken up? Well, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. Subway to Subway to Brooklyn was probably the, the weirdest place I've thrown up, um, just as I was getting on the train. The, the best place I've ever woken up, um, man. The weirdest place
1: you've ever or the woken The
2: weirdest up. place I've ever woken up. Right, Central Park. <laughs> on a bench or what? On a, a bench. Well, no, I think it was uh, behind some bush. Yeah, Central Park. So that's it all goes back to the to the NYC. Oh man, that's funny. Behind some bush. Yeah, behind some bush. <laughs> all right, number two. What is the best thing
1: about being sober?
2: Uh having that ability to feel. Yeah.
1: It's a good one. Period. Period. That's it. I like it. Short and sweet. Number three. What is one thing you know now you wish you would have known at the beginning of your sobriety?
2: Um, that it's going to be a constant battle. You know what I mean? I, I need to work on my sobriety on a daily basis.
1: All right. And number four, and yes, I agree with you, daily basis is for sure. Sometimes it's easier said than done, but at least if we know it, we can work that shit. Number four, very easy question, but very hard at the same time. How do you stay sober?
2: God, that is hard.
1: Um <laughs> I know because it's so simple, but at the same time, it's, uh, it's kind of complex.
2: You know, it's, uh, I mean, now that I think about it, it is real simple. I live life in the moment. Mm. You know, I, I try not to get too caught up in, in the future. Um, and definitely, definitely not the past, you know, cause it, yeah, actually, you know what I do, I do, I do get caught up in the past cause the past is a reminder of, you know, of, of what it was or what, it, what it would have been, or the past has already been told.
1: Number five. Where can people find out more information about you or your product?
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, you want to give out uh, your phone I'm, number, I'm, I'm Seth? Just, give I'm out just, your phone I'm number. I'm just an average Joe, man, and you know, I'll, I'll throw the email out there. Like if if you want to hit me up and, and and shoot the shit, you know, it's oh, yeah. it's, it's it's real simple. Uh, Seth S E T H MANTER M A N T E R all one word at yahoo.com so sethmanter at yahoo.com shoot me a line and uh say what's up and i'll shoot you one back and say what's down
1: you know what's funny man is you know we get some cool guests on the show authors you know musicians that kind of crap dude i really think the best conversations and and just is just real stuff you know what i mean so like when you say oh i'm just a regular dude like Everyone's just a regular dude, right, though. you right. know what I mean? Yeah. Everyone's just a regular dude, and we all have talents and unique things that we get to do in life. And uh, I think if we approach people like that in general, and don't put people up on pedestals, and and you know this person's more important or better or anything, man, we're all just we're all just dudes, just women. Uh, that sounds weird, huh? We're just dudes. We're just women. How about this, dudes and chicks? We're all just dudes and chicks trying to get by, trying to do right. And uh, I don't know, man. It's great to have you on tonight. I really appreciate it. Thanks for coming over, spending some time with us, and uh, giving some of your thoughts, man. M- much love to you, my friend.
2: Hey, likewise, Shane. You know, it's always it's always a great honor, and it's you know it's always it's always a good time. I love you.
1: Love you, too, man. Thanks for listening tonight. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Love to hear your feedback. Sobriety at thatsoberguy.com. You can also hit us up on Twitter at 5 that Sober guy or go to Facebook. Definitely join Sober Guy, Sober Girl the private Facebook community. It's on point. Peace, love, respect. Keep your blood clean.